How many are ready for the Word? Amen. This is the last of 12 sermons. I've never done a 12-sermon series. I was worried y'all would, wouldn't stay with me, but you stayed with me through all this. And, and now, of course, they're all on the website. And we're looking at uh, perhaps some, some people uh, joining the church pretty soon. And they're going to be required to go to the website. And whatever messages they haven't heard, they'll have to catch up and listen to all 12 of those. Because it's not, it's, it's not just about um, uh, knowing doctrine. You can know all the doctrine and still miss heaven. It's really about the right character. Some, some people have character and some people are characters. Pick which one you are or whatever. Uh, but uh, th- this, is, this is what we need. We, we need to be Christ-like, especially in these last days. This message is a bit prophetic. There's some, as Jesus gets to the end of this, he begins to talk about, you know, last week he talked about false prophets, and he talks about the end times a little bit. So we're going to get into that and just lay some things out, and as, maybe as we go forward I'll get into some other things. But today's final message is called The Rock. And in this message I want, I want to point you to three things that, that Jesus talks about a gate and he talks about a path, and he talks about a rock. We go through the gate, down the path, and build on the rock. I said we go through the gate, down the path, and build on the rock. If you're not careful, you'll pick the wrong, day, wrong gate, walk down the wrong path, and build on sand. Got to get it right. How many know you got to get it right? Let's look at the scriptures as we get into this. Matthew chapter 7 uh, verse 13 and 14. By the way, this, this is the end. We, we have actually preached every single verse in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. It's all covered there. So here's what Jesus says as we get to the end of this. He said, enter by the narrow gate. It's important to know how to get in. Hello? How many know it's important to know how to get in? Get into the kingdom, not just heaven, but how to get into the kingdom, how to live in the kingdom. He said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. So few, say few, few find the narrow gate, but a lot of people find the wide gate. They like the wide gate because then they can kind of do what they want to do. The wide gate has you know, it's, 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 a, it's a, you know, 10-lane highway. It's paved. It's nice. It's orderly. You can go in, do your own thing. But Jesus said, no, this isn't a 10-lane ten, ten highway. This is a cow path. <laughs> Amen. It's just a little trail. He said, narrow is the gate. Narrow is the way. You got to do it his way. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. No, nobody wants to preach this way is difficult. But how many know it, it can be difficult? Difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few, there are few that find it. Mm-hmm. Narrow is the gate. There are few that find it. We need to always choose the narrow gate, and quit trying to make it broader, quit trying to do it our way, 
and get in through that narrow gate. And this, this is not just about getting in. It's about God breaking out because he comes through the gate. He comes through. See, between the best way to understand this is that between us and heaven is the prince of the power of the air. He, he rules the airways. Hello, Hollywood and media and social media. He rules the airways. But between heaven and earth, there are gates. There are portholes. I believe sometimes he, it's like a tube. That's the way I look at it. He kind of drops this tube. And every time he does that, I, I just shove every prayer request I can up that thing. Get it up there when it when it when that when you come on, you know when you're connected. You know when you're connected in prayer. Sometimes you've heard the old expression, it's like the heavens are brass, right? That's because there's no portal. There's no you just you're just like 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 Daniel fighting for three weeks, 21 days, trying to get through that. Amen. There are obstacles. The prince of the power of the air fights your prayers. It doesn't mean your prayers aren't on their way or on their way back. But they have to go through that. So we need portals. We need openings between heaven and earth. Is that too deep? Did y'all catch what I'm saying? And that's why we've been praying like this, to open those portals, to open those. Wait, that's why we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we say narrow is the gate, we're not just talking about going to heaven. We're talking about the connection between heaven and earth. And we've got to find ways to open those gates. Look at Psalms 24, uh, verse 7, 8, and 9. This, this, is, this is great. And we're going to be in the Passion Translation. He says, listen to this. So wake up, you living gates. It's time to wake up the gates. Isn't that cool? Wake up the gates. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. You know what that tells me? We're the gate, in a way. I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But, but listen, the gates open when we open them. He flows through us. We worship, we seed the clouds, and the rain comes down. You are the key to this. You have to be the gate if we want the portals of heaven to open up. That's why our services are affected when you worship like this. Or like this. Because you stayed up too late and watched CNN. That'll either make you mad or put you to sleep, one or the two. Or any news for that matter. Amen. You ask, who is this glory king? The Lord, armed and ready for battle. The mighty one, invincible in every way. Amen. Why are we opening the gates? So the king of glory can come through. So his presence will be felt here on earth, right in our services. Can you give him praise if you understand what I'm saying? The king of glory, Isaiah 28, 5 and 6, he picks up this, this same theme. He says, in that day the Lord of hosts will be for a crown of glory and a diadem of beauty to the remnant, I believe we're the remnant, of his people. Mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, oh, 
for a spirit of justice to him who sits in judgment and for strength to those who turn back the battle at the I saw a sign. It was just in the background at one of these demonstrations. It was a great sign. And he said, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no justice. Listen, this, this isn't justice. This is nothing new. This is Old Testament stuff. God's been fighting for justice long before it was a, a fad, a cool thing to do. Come on, church. And the church needs to lead the way for justice. And the church needs to lead the way for peace. But it's only through Jesus. And listen, the battle is at the gate. The devil knows where to position himself. You know, you know I've always said this. If, you, if you're trying to remember something, something you've got to do, or where you left your keys or something, just, just pray. You don't even have to pray where your keys are. The devil will remind you so you stop praying. Right? I mean, when you're praying, don't you remember everything that you need to be doing? The battle is at the gate. The devil's right there at the gate. If he can block the gate, you could pray for an hour, and it's just bouncing off. So he puts himself at the gate. He tries to stop you at the gate, but that's where the battle is. Think, think about uh, the Middle Ages. Think about uh, even d- during biblical times. If you can break the gate, if you can get in the gate, if you can just get in the gate. I, I read an entire, I, I just remembered this, I, I read an entire book on, uh, on, on Constantinople, when Constantinople, the great city, uh, which where, where the Roman Empire, anyway, y'all read your history. And the Muslims were attacking, and they sieged, and it just went on for months. And, and they said, you know what, you know how they, finally, how they finally broke in? Somebody left one of the gates open. Somebody didn't lock a gate. And they attacked the walls, and they attacked the gates. And, and one soldier said, went, oh, look at this. <laughs> Come on, guys. You know, once you get in, you got the city. All you need is one door. You know, some people say you're only as strong as your weakest link. I hope that's not true of us. Because <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> I, I don't know if I believe that. But you understand, in your personal life, you're only as strong as you're able to keep the gates open or keep the gates locked against the enemy. Aren't you glad that the gates of hell will not prevail? <laughs> the gates of hell. And they say, well, that, that's defensive. Listen, have, have you ever been attacked by a gate? Gates don't attack. You attack the gate. When the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail, it's not saying that, it's, that you're going to hold up against his attack. It's saying that when you attack hell, you're going to be able to break through the gate. It's time to go in the gates and get our loved ones. It's time to go through the gates and get our healing. It's time to go through the gates, amen, and get those prayers answered. It's time for a breakthrough. It's not just him breaking through, but us breaking through. Give him praise if you know what I'm saying. Amen. I'm getting sidetracked. The battle is at the gate. Let's talk about the way, but once you get through the gate, there's a way. Matthew 7, uh, verse 21 talks about the way. It kind of reminds me of Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life, right? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter 
the realm of heaven's kingdom. And, and notice that's not just about the end time. It's about right now. Okay? It is only those who persist, persist in doing the will of my heavenly Father. You know, some of us are, are just afraid to pray for his will. <laughs> you know if you pray for his will to be done, your life's about to change. So people are just afraid. You're all shutting down on me now. On the day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, don't you remember us? Hey, I'm your. didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons and do many miracles for the sake of your name? But I will have to say to them, go away from me, you lawless rebels. I've never been Miracles, casting out demons, prophesying. How many know you can, act, people can act? Don't get quiet on me. You get quiet, I just, I just camp out right there. I know I need to preach there a while. Are you hearing me? We have to be careful in these last days because, you know, Jesus said that th there would be all these things in the last days, and we can't be caught up with signs and wonders. I mean, there will be signs and wonders, but... Make sure we're doing the will of God. You see, you, you, you've all heard of preachers who, uh, that we've seen signs and wonders with their miracles, great growth, and, and people were healed and everything. And then you find out they ran off with the piano player. Pat's over here threatening me. I don't know. I'm just. But, but you hear what I'm saying. How is that possible? Because the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So. Maybe they were right with God, and they learned how to do all that stuff, and then they go into sin, but they're still, they're still yanking on the gifts somehow. I, I don't know exactly how all that works, but, but I do know this. God honors his word, and people in the pews believe what he's saying, and they trust God for their miracles, and they get them. Then they find out that he's been, he's been living in an adulterous relationship for, for a year. And that destroys people. I, but it shouldn't. Our, our trust is in God. Never in a man. We trust God with all that we have. Go away from me, you lawless rebels. Listen, the way is his will. Second, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already active. That was 2,000 years ago. How many believe it's active today? Lawlessness, does that describe what's going on? The spirit, the mystery of lawlessness is already active, but the one who prevails, King James, the one who hinders, the one who holds back, will do so until he is separated from out of the midst. Then the outlaw will be openly revealed. How many know we're talking about an antichrist? And the Lord will overthrow him by the breath of his mouth. <laughs> the Lord wins. You know how God wins battles? Take that, devil. By the breath of his mouth and bring him to an end by the dazzling manifestation of his presence. 
The presence of the outlaw is apparent by the activity of Satan who uses all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and spurious spurious wonders. Uh And every form of evil deception in order to deceive those who are perishing. Listen, only those who are backsliding can be deceived. We get off on tangents sometimes, but ultimately we cannot be deceived if you're right with God. You can be wrong sometimes, but we can't be deceived to the point where we lose our soul. You ought to be happy about that. Come on now. Why? Those, because they rejected the love of the truth. They don't care about the truth. That would lead them to being saved. Because of this, God sends them a powerful delusion. Remember Pharaoh? That leads them to believe what is false. What does that mean? It's kind of like, you know, if if you're really determined to lean this way, let me give you a push. If you're determined to listen to lies... Let me push you. If that's the way you want to go, let me help. That's kind of what he's saying. Wow. So then all who found their pleasure in unrighteousness and did not believe the truth will be, they will be judged. There's a spirit of lawlessness loose on the earth, but we need to conform to his will. Do you understand if you're not doing the will of God, you're lawless? You're, you're an outlaw? So that's the way, and then we come to the rock. Matthew 7, again, let's go back to our text, verse 24. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life. Listen, when you hear me preach, you need to make an application. And you need to do what you said amen to. Hello? If you just say, oh, that was a good sermon, that's not good enough. I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to change you. God's word is not here to tickle your ears. It's to change you, to conform you to the image of God. Ah, hallelujah, Romans 12. Everyone who hears my teaching and applies it to his life can be compared to a wise man who built his house on an unshakable foundation, a rock. When the rains fell and the floods came, sounds like a tsunami. With fierce winds beating upon his house, it stood firm. Not because of the way it was built, but because of its foundation. Remember back then, they didn't, didn't, you know, dig a trench and and pour cement. Uh, They didn't, you know, foundations. They just found, they just build houses on rocks. That was the firm foundation. But everyone who hears my teaching and does not apply it to his life can be compared to a foolish man who built his house on sand. Notice both houses look the same until the storm hits because what's different is the foundation. When it rained and rained and the flood came with wind and waves beating upon his house, it collapsed and was swept away. By the time Jesus finished speaking, the crowds were dazed and overwhelmed. 
Look, some of you look and overwhelmed by his teaching because his words carried such great, quite unlike the preachers. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, he says, make very sure, Hebrews 12, 25, that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. And he's referring back to Mount Sinai. Remember that? The mountain shook. Remember, everyone was supposed to talk to God, and after the mountain shook, they said, Moses, you go talk to him. Just, you go talk to him. We don't, we're, we're, we're good. I'm good. For the God who spoke on earth from Sinai in, is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Y'all didn't hear that. It's the same God. That thunder, lightning God is the same God who speaks now. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide. So what chance is there for us to escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear his warnings as he speaks from heaven? The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised one, come on, get this now. Once and for all, I will not only shake the systems of the world, but also the unseen powers in the heavenly realm. Now, this phrase, once and for all, clearly indicates the final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable, oh, come on, you're not getting this, only what is unshakable will remain. Everything that can be shook, God's going to shake. Since we are receiving our, our rights to, an, to uh, an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful and offer God the purest worship that delights his heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender filled with all. Yes, yes, for God is a holy, devouring fire. Now, I want you to get this. Because we're looking around, and I've been guilty of this. All of us probably have been guilty of this. We keep saying things like, look what the devil's doing. Oh, the devil's working overtime. And our whole society, everything, our faith, everything is being shook. Here's... I need to speak this prophetically into your spirit so you get this. It's not the devil doing the shaking. The mountain's shaking, and things are crumbling and breaking apart. You know, it's very significant about these statues falling down. It's always so. Whenever one nation destroyed another nation, the first thing they would do is tear down their statues. So this is symbolic. They would tear down the symbolism, all the symbols. They, they get rid of their past, and they tear all that down because a new order is coming. So everything is shaking, but it's not the devil doing it. I'm, I'm going to tell you where the shaking's coming from. There is a mountain within the mountain. 
And the mountain within the mountain is the kingdom of God. My, by the way, in Scripture, mountains always represent uh, 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 kingdoms. Mountains always represent kingdoms. That's why Jesus said when you speak to the mountain, be thrown into the sea. He's, he's, he could actually be talking about kingdoms. Now listen, there's a kingdom within the kingdom. The reason the world is shaking is not because the devil is shaking. It's because God is shaking. Whew. And, and that exterior mountain, which is the work of the devil, all that is crumbling and cracking and falling apart. But it's not because the devil's destroying our world. It's because God's about to make a major breakthrough on the planet. The devil knows he's running out of time. That's why everything's shaking. He said, when you see these things, earthquakes, signs, wonder, uh, wars, uh, he said, lift up your, lift your voices, lift your heads, and rejoice, because you know the end. In other words, the worse it gets, the happier you should be, because it's not the devil. The devil is not in control. It's God underneath it all. Something's about to be birthed. And it's shaking everything else. This is God's doing. Did you hear what I said? This is God's doing. I was, I was on the Greek island, uh, Santorini. I want to say San. I've been there too, I think. I've been. <laughs> Santorini. And uh, they, uh, you know, they, they now think that that was probably Atlantis. You've heard the story of Atlantis, this amazing culture uh, that, was, that was there. And, you know, Plato writes about it several centuries later. He talks about Atlantis falling into the sea, the lost city of Atlantis. They think it was that island. You look at that island now, it's, it's like, a, like a horseshoe, and there's water in the middle mostly. And uh, it's because in the middle of that, there was a volcano. And that volcano exploded. And that volcano, they said it was stronger than a thousand Hiroshima A-bombs. It affected, they said that parts of the planet were complete, they never saw the sun for two years. Changed the climate around. Nothing had ever been seen on the planet since the flood, which we saw a lot of that probably in the flood. But it was, it was the greatest natural calamity that, that the world has ever seen. And it buried that main city. It buried that city under 200 feet of air. But here's the thing. They didn't find any bodies at Pompeii when that volcano, you know, the bodies, there's people just actually frozen like this. No bodies were found. Why? Because they had a warning. Because before it exploded, there were earthquakes. And, and they said there was probably at least one ejection that, that left about two inches of, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, flakes, whatever you call it, yeah, ash. <laughs> and, and so they said, look, let's get out of here. And they get in the boats, and everyone leaves, and then the mountain goes. Kind of reminds me of the rapture. We're being warned. There's a shaking going on. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. I got to talk to the old timers once in a while. There's a whole lot of shaking going on, young people. It's happening, but it's not the devil shaking the planet. It's God. It's interesting that 
you know, they play with the dates and they don't like to say this. I think there's a very good chance that this mountain exploded at the same time the Israelites were leaving. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was a tsunami? Y'all know what happens in a tsunami? All the water rushes out. We're trucking across the Red Sea. And then the waters come back in. Only when they come in, they said the, the, the tsunami waves from this event were probably at least 200 feet high. See you later, Pharaoh. Now, God doesn't need that, but isn't that cool? And at that point, that's when, you know, this great civilization, because, because Crete and, and, and this island, they were at the center of trade, and they were the wealthiest, most productive, the most advanced society of that time. The, 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 the Babylonians, the Egyptians, the Greeks, uh, uh, Canaan, all, Turkey, all, all these nations traded with each other. We think we invented world trade. No, no, it was back then. And everything would go through these islands because ships couldn't go very far back then. So they would all go through these islands, and they became, they became New York City. They were the hub, the financial hub of the world, and it was completely destroyed, completely destroyed. And the world went into a dark age for centuries. But during that time, this is when the children of Israel took over the land. And it's also when the Philistines, probably the survivors of this Minoan culture, probably came. So the Philistines are coming in, and the Israelites are taking over the land, and, and, we, and those two have been fighting ever since. But I want you to get what I'm saying today. This is about to happen again. Not so much a physical explosion, although that may happen. See you later, California. I don't know. I don't know. But there is a spiritual explosion, a mountain within the mountain, and he's shaking. But all we see is the external, see? We don't see the shaking underneath. Only, only a few prophets see the shaking underneath. But the, whew, but the exterior of that is shaking, and it looks like the devil is tearing us up. <laughs> and it's really God tearing it up. It's time for shaking. It's time for a breakthrough. The king of glory is about to come in. Look at these scriptures because it's time to pray. Matthew 24, 12. There will be such an increase of sin and lawlessness that those whose hearts once burned with passion for God and others will grow cold. Be careful we grow cold, church. Matthew 10, verse 16. Now remember, it is I who send you out, even though you feel vulnerable as lambs going into a pack of wolves. So be as shrewd as snakes, yet as harmless as doves. That's good advice right there. We need to know what's going on, but we can't be manipulators. We have to be harmless as doves, but we need to be smart as a snake. Hello, church. This is what the last times require. It kind of it reminds me of the senator after Trump's speech, and he went into the town, and they surrounded, and they surrounded him, and his life was, he felt like his life was, I said, well, that, that's what's happening. The, the enemy's just surrounding us and attacking us on every side. But you got to remember, it's God doing the shaking. 
God's shaking this up. It's okay. What comes out of this mountain is the mountain of the Lord. It's the kingdom of God. Church, go to the last chapter. We win. We win. There's no way around it. The devil knows it. His time is running out.